tuning in to the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another after show here at AfterBuzz TV for Falling Skies, episode eight. We've got two more episodes left. The number of hosts on this show is the number of episodes we've got left after the discussion of this episode. Welcome, Lauren Lagrasso. Thank you, Phil. Welcome right back to you. Welcome, welcome. All right. So, a lot to discuss. We kind of pick up exactly where uh, we, you know. We're told execution by death. We get uh, the opening moments when it's when it's the drum, mm-hmm. cut to black. Drum, cut to black. Drum, cut to black. And then we see seven hours earlier. I was like, ooh, okay. Yep. I really want, you know, I was curious what we're going to see, but but obviously it made sense. They gave us a little teaser and they took it back. Typical. It was a great tension building moment. Um, what do you think over overall of this episode? I thought it was amazing. I had me on the edge of my seat the whole time. Uh, I noticed myself holding my breath several times, so you know it's a good episode when you stop breathing. Uh, I loved it. How about yourself? Fantastic. Yeah. It's wrapping things up. We got all the elements. We got death. We got war. We got Pope. We got love. Pope love. No, no. Pope and love. Pope love. Like Pope Francis, leader of the Catholic Church. Sure. We'll go with that. (laughs) All right, so let's start with the let's start with kind of uh, this is more event based, but we'll still try to break it down in terms of subjects. Let's start with the Overlord, mm. uh, the Overlord that had Katie in control. That's right. That guy is dead as a doornail now, choked by a belt buckle. That was awesome. I love when he was talking to it too. He's like, "What'd you do to her? What'd you do to Katie?" We never got an answer. No, he didn't, because he was dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I thought that was a brilliant plan, and I, I love that he appealed to that... I'm sorry, I don't... Do you know his name? One of the guys that helped? Wolf. Wolf? Okay, I love that he appealed to Wolf, and uh, he helped him, and they devised the perfect plan to really bring to light what was going on. Yeah, but, you know, Kate... Yeah, we find out towards the end that Katie still had the memories, and we'll talk about that a little bit more because obviously it's a touching moment, but she remembers that Dan, you know, uh, that Wolf would not be capable of this. He was not trained in this kind of combat, mm-hmm. whereas it was Colonel Weaver. And so she she knows, but he's like, I'll tell if you tell. And she doesn't tell. Right. She is, you know, unfortunately, she's sneaky. And, and uh, she played it great. That she did a fantastic job in these two episodes. Obviously, she will not have a third episode because she's dead. She's dead. I'm obsessed with this actress because I'm a huge Office fan. I've seen the series like three times. And she is incredible on that show. And it's so cool to see what a different character she pulled off in this one. 
Did you see her in the office? I've only seen the British office. Oh, okay. If you ever get to check it out, she was so, so good. I will not accept the U.S. office as a version of the office into my life. That's so interesting. I actually can't get on board with the British office. So you and I are exact opposites. There you go. That's neither here nor there. No, it isn't. (laughs) But I thought she did an incredible job. Even the way that the neck checking kept growing and growing and growing. um, She was so good. I loved her. In general, though, it's always funny to me. It's like, because everyone notices that she was checking the neck. So if that's like, whatever that is, don't check it. Right. But do you, since she is being controlled by an alien or she was a creation of a, she was like a, what, what what would we call her? She she was like a um, machine. She was an alien machine. I mean, to 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 an extent, she was the equivalent of uh, Anne Mason's daughter, right? You know, part human, part not. I don't know. I, I'm sure there's there's going to be crazy theories about that. To me, I always look at just the end result of whatever it is, rather than spe- you know now going back and fully speculating. But maybe mm. for whatever reason, because of the being she was, she wasn't able to understand that that might look suspicious. The little I mean, Cochise has, you know, Cochise has learned a lot during this time. But I don't know. You have to. I don't think I because she got in the accident or whatever we're calling it six weeks ago, mm-hmm. and you know, six weeks kept being the number that was brought up um, when she showed uh, Weaver the number of bodies in the cemetery, if we're going to call it that. She said, you know, these are all the the traitors we've gotten in six weeks. So I believe she's only been like this for six weeks. You know, and, and even past in the last episode, I believe it was specifically Wolf. He referenced, you know, she wasn't like this. It was just about six weeks ago that this started happening. So I really think she was always her. And, it, it, you know, she she really was trained by Colonel Weaver the right way. And it just was unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely. I just think that obviously she was a machine in these past six weeks. So An alien. An machine. alien machine. A war machine to kill Tom Mason. Yeah. Also interesting that no one else thought it was weird that that wound had been there for six weeks and not healed at all. Well, they didn't have a doctor. Right, but still. Maybe they should have been like, like, hey, you know what? I cut on my hand, which I do actually because I cut myself accidentally earlier, and this remained the same for six weeks, wouldn't you be like, hey, Lauren, better get that checked out. Seems like that wound's not healing. Well, again, they didn't have a doctor. (laughs) However, now it could be like... And Mason's here. Right. You know what? Why don't you... You should go talk to Han Mason. Right. But, obviously, it, the, the, the regime under this, and certainly in the past six weeks, it's very much you do not question your CO. Right. I.e. Katie. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm sure they were all afraid to because she kills whoever questions her. Yeah. And that, that kept being the word that was thrown out a lot, rightfully so, which was fear. This whole... Mm-hmm. This whole... 14th Virginia is all fear-based. Mm-hmm. And that's what she instilled. She did. But that is all coming to an end with her death and her black blood. Was it fitting that it was Colonel Weaver who, who took her life? I, I mean, he so. did what he needed to. Yeah, he did what he needed to. He was still being an honorable man, still being the man that she once loved and that trained her and basically mentored her to be the Colonel or uh, whoopsies. <laughs> That was a small drop. It's okay, folks. <laughs> uh, to be the soldier that she is. 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad he waited till last minute. You know, he didn't mm-hmm. want to do it up until the point that if she was going to take out Cochise or Tom Mason, she had to go. Yeah. And it didn't give him any pleasure, but he he had to do what he had to do. And that's what Colonel Lee was great at. Even the moment afterwards between him and Wolf, you know, there's pl- still plenty to do. Mm-hmm. Stop looking at me like some sort of school kid. Right. That was that was a nice moment. Sad. Indeed. But I'm glad, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of how it fully affects Weaver, but... He's certainly been through a lot. I mean, he is a legitimate colonel who's been through war. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, as Wolf points out, this man is deserving of a medal. I'm sure certainly he is. But did he call him a puppet master? A, yeah. Or a puppeteer? A puppeteer. Yeah. He is. You know, and I kept thinking, go, oh, just step up, colonel. Just step up. But now, and in, in, in that scene, I really realized he was controlling the whole thing from above which was a way smarter way to do it because otherwise all hell would have broken loose yeah, he knows how to do this mm-hmm. you know he knows how to connect he knows how when actions need to be taken i mean we, we saw it with um yeah i'm gonna fly am i forgetting his name our friend from two episodes ago when when we found him who discovered oh, yeah the, he was in this episode a couple times too i really liked him yeah uh the the, the, disti- the guy in the distillery who found the uh, Shveni weapon that mm-hmm. we use today. Yeah. And we'll talk about that, obviously. Uh, so, you know, all in all, in terms of Katie, I thought fantastic for performance. It, it just, it, it, this whole episode just really goes to show how dark it could have been. And, and obviously, we'll talk about Pope's camp, but, but this, these are the beginnings to get to that sort of level. Mm-hmm. Just in a different type of control and different type of mentality, you know. This you mean to for they could have gotten to the level where Pope is at? Yes. Yeah, totally. You know, they weren't far off. No, it was just a lot more regimented and um, structured. Yeah, structured. Um, it's it's one of those things where like okay, you know, if we're going to compare this really quickly, uh, where where Pope's camp is, you know, let's say violence. Mm-hmm. And killing your own humanity. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's on the surface. Okay. But then, in the sense of the 14th Virginia, what's what's bad about it? It's the negation of the negation. It's violence and hatred towards your own race, masked as love. Mm-hmm. Masked That's as control. Worse. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because I'd rather know someone is a terrible person and have them be a terrible person toward me than to smile at me and then go do things behind my back. That's what I'm saying. At least you know what you're fighting when you have a clear picture of what's in front of you. Yeah. It's always, you know, people forget it's not hate that's terrible. It's it's hate disguised as love. So... And that's what we call in literature the negation of the negation. There we go. We've all learned something tonight, folks. All right. So uh, let's talk about one one of the finer things of the Mason sort of being held captive was, isn't it funny how, you know, despite this war, you can have just a bunch of boys talk about a bunch of girls? Yeah. And that moment between Ben and Hal was very touching to me, too. I, let me see what I wrote. I wrote something funny. Oh, Hal and Ben connect and forgive each other. That's totally not funny, but it it was true. <laughs> <laughs> it was sweet 
I awed a little bit. Um, it was just nice to see the two guys have an honest conversation. Yeah. And I was hoping maybe Ben could get together with Isabella. And it seems like, you know, hey, yeah. so I think that's where we're headed, certainly at least from that conversation. I'm like, hey, tell me more about this Isabella girl. Because we have the same taste in girls. I love that. Yeah. And obviously then Maggie comes forth of, hey, I did it for you. What a moment. Now, they didn't embrace yet. The camera didn't go 360 as they kissed with music swelling. But certainly, I think they're together now and Isabella, we're going to find out because, because, I mean, because Maggie assumes that Isabella and, and, and Hal are together. Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. And especially because of what Drew said to us last week, it, it made me think that they kind of just shared a moment in time. There was never any intent to have a relationship past that. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I know you were happy about that moment because you've been really rooting for them this whole time. Five seasons we've all been rooting. <laughs> yeah. It would be nice to have them get their resolution. Mm-hmm. And I think at the very least, the seeds have been planted for that to happen. So let's hope it grows into a beautiful flower of love. Yeah. And you know what? It's It'll be funny how they kind of handle uh, Isabel and Ben. Because I think we're headed that way. And hopefully it's not... Uh, con- contrived in, in the sense of hey you know what Isabella and Ben why don't you go uh, why don't you go get some water from the well <laughs> and bring it back but take the long route <laughs> don't worry about being on time take the long way yeah I thought you were going to go into the Mazda spot right there no <laughs> no we're, not this week not, Mazda, Mazda's been great and Mazda's gotten their point across and so uh, you know, Mazda's been a great sponsor of this show. We appreciate them. We do. All right. Anything else about this relationship that we want to talk about? I mean, obviously, it was very brief. There was so much more to discuss that uh, that I'm sure, you know, that, that'll be more made more of in the finale finale. Mm-hmm. But it was still, nonetheless, a great kind of moment. I was just and, happy. No, Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just happy with it. I thought that they... They didn't do it. It wasn't overkill. It wasn't over the top. It was just enough. It was just what we needed to take us to the next episode feeling at peace with the situation. And I think they'll make great sister-in-laws. Is that what that, is that what they would be? Yes. Because they're already getting along, you know, uh, uh, Kaggle, worst name in the world. I cannot believe that is that guy's name. I mean, it, it makes sense. He would be. Was It It was Kaggle, right? Kaggle, yeah. Yeah. So Kaggle got killed because he was a pig. Kaggle got killed, yo. And Isabella said, you would have done the same thing. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, that, that it's they've really been bonding in a nice way. And I think they would make great sister-in-laws. I think so, too. They're two badass women. I was going to say the B word, but I held myself back. Because that's derogatory. That's derogatory. And I'm a feminist. But damn... Those girls can kick some butt. Yeah, they can. They're amazing. And I love their little banter back and forth with each other. It's awesome. What did you like about it? Uh, They're just both so sarcastic. They really feed off of each other well. And I love that they're having this hilarious dialogue while kicking all these guys' asses. There you go. <laughs> Tonight's show also reminded me of a show called... The Great Escape, which was also on TNT. It only lasted for one season out of nine episodes. But I don't know if it's on TNT or whatnot, but feel free to to dig through the archives if if it's all possible somewhere. It was a great little show. It was all about, like, 
these, you know, jailbreaks and escaping. And that's what this episode felt like. It was a good jailbreak episode. It was. Well, I liked it because it kept, people kept breaking out. It was like, you think one breakout's over, but then there's another, and then there's another. Yeah. So that was interesting, too. What did you think about when um, when Tom left and, and decided to stay outside of the gates? I was shocked that he decided to do that, and it all makes sense in the end. But do you think in that moment he had the foresight of what he was going to have to do eventually to go back to the camp and get the others? Uh, a couple of things. So, you know, I, I think this all started with Shelton. Right, Lieutenant Shelton, and we'll we'll right. backtrack in one second. But to answer your question, you know, he had a trust. F- the fact that he was able to convince Shelton of this, and you know, Shelton's go go do this. I'll take care of him. So he's like, okay, you know what? Let me do this. And he knew that they're not going to execute. They're not going to execute him in the moment. Um, I mean, they could have, but it was certainly confirmed as you know he overheard the dialogue of Katie, mm-hmm. and so. He knew, okay, they're still going to be executed, but it's still going to be in the morning as opposed to right now. And so he knew he had some time, so let him regroup and go from there. Now, I think, you know, obviously as soon as Shelton was shot, you know, part of him was like, do I go or or do I stay? However, he he had that connection with, with Weaver and Weaver let him know, I still got this. Right. And so he's like, okay, let me stick to the plan. And he did. Even though it was really hard for him. Absolutely. Yeah. But sometimes, yeah, uh, when, when, yeah, going back a couple episodes when Pope says, you know, what have you ever sacrificed? To, to see your family get tortured in that way, I mean. It, That's a huge sacrifice. Yeah. Also, I just can't help but think about how wildly ironic all of this is now that Pope's just killing people for sport. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's he's the biggest hypocrite on earth. Mm-hmm. So even more so than Katie. Yeah, because she wasn't even a human, so she couldn't <laughs> help it. There you go. Uh, so, but let's backtrack. What did you think of uh, Lieutenant Shelton? And and I, I thought that was I, I thought that was a great character. I thought it was a great story with him. He is an excellent actor. I so I got my BFA in acting. And one thing that we did in acting class that I saw him doing in his acting um, role here is he was doing inner monologue because you saw the changes happening. It was subtle because, you know, we as humans are constantly doing it. Like you're thinking something right now while I'm talking to you. Thinking of ice cream, actually. Are you really? That sounds fantastic. It is wildly hot right now in Southern California. Um, But he had so many layers to every single action he took. Uh, as an actor and I really have to commend him. He he created a, an incredibly complex and deep character for the small part he was given. Yeah, he, I, he did a fantastic job. Obviously, you know, he, he knew what Tom Mason was saying was in his gut what he felt but if, if for any reason he was wrong, he obviously knew the consequences of that uh, obviously seeing his friend first firsthand. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were able to connect on that, you know, was was the turning point. And then as soon as Wolf comes in... <laughs> oh, we were both like, no! Well, because we thought that Wolf was going to get him in trouble, right? Well, at first we didn't know that it was Wolf. Right. We just heard, that sounds like treason to me! I was like, oh, crap. You know, just when we got Shelton, it's like, oh, okay, we're good, we're good. Did 
Kegel come in at one point though? Kegel. Kegel. Whoops. Kegel. Um, he was there very early on, from what I believe. Yeah. I thought he came in and, and said something that kind of screwed up Shelton for a minute. I mean, there was a lot of people back and forth, yeah. but um, I, I think what what, it, what was interesting, what really got it going for him was obviously the connection with the friend and the whole part about, you know, why don't you say that at the trial? Mm-hmm. And... And one of the interesting parts that I that I thought was very genuine and it was great little touch and I don't know if it was the writing specifically uh, or as a character choice whatever however it fully came into being but when he lets them out he says you know you harm anyone including the captain right and so as much as he disagrees with the captain to an extent we're not doing it and that shows his integrity as a human and a soldier yeah because he, you know part of it is he's protecting what 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 he's known but at the same time it's a test uh because you know if Tom Mason is the Tom Mason that he says he is there's a chance of reverting Katie you know and he would want him to do that and so if all of a sudden he's going after her then he is a traitor mm-hmm. and he should be killed for treason and unfortunately he did see his demise, but it wasn't for treason. It was because he helped someone, and the fear had spread so deep in the camp that even that could look like a bad thing. Yeah, and it, it was interesting how they were justifying it. Uh, you know, so outside, as soon as everyone gets caught, the I really love the notion of uh, the what you, the propaganda of Katie, and then as soon as Shelton is shot. I just loved how, you know, he had full intent. He was advancing on our officer. Um, but uh, you could see also the, the disappointment in Colonel Weaver's eyes because, I mean, it was tough because they couldn't commu- the sides couldn't communicate at that point. But so, you know, it was very courageous for him to have stepped up against everybody and said, hey, come on, guys, everybody rally with me. But, uh, but I... You know, I wish he had known Colonel Weaver's plan a little bit more closely because it ended up costing him his life, which yeah. is very unfortunate that that, that had to happen. to see his kids again, hope that they were safe out in the remote place where he left them. That's right. I totally uh, neglected to even think about that as we we're talking about this. Yeah. That's why it hurt me so much to see him die. I was like, damn, maybe he was closer to seeing his kids than he even knew because, I mean, we only got two more episodes left. This war's got to end, right? Yeah, yeah. Has to. Can't be some open-ended thing. I hope not. Could you imagine if at the end it was just like a like a shootout, like from a cowboy show, and, you know, they all they both just drew guns, and then you hear gunfire? Would it cut just to be black. like one person, one alien? Yeah. Or, yeah. And then cut to black, and you don't know who shot who. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Anyway... That's that's. Just... I mean that that's an interesting theory. <laughs> Predictions, everyone. Never gonna happen. <laughs> All right. Um, anything to add about Shelton? Um, I just really enjoyed that storyline. Thought it was cool. I thought I thought he did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's talk about. Um, let's talk about the shootout. Because that kind of that's the culmination of all these various things that we've been talking about. 
you know, we we knew we knew that he, we had to get there because obviously the you know we we the opening happened and then seven hours earlier. So in many ways, as much as we wanted everyone to escape, we knew it was impossible. Mm-hmm. And for a moment, I thought, well, perhaps they did escape, and for some reason, they 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 were able to catch like four people they fully disliked from the 14th Virginia and <laughs> had like masks on them, and they would get shot, which would be cruel. But how? Wait, did you think that was going to happen before we saw that? Yes. Okay. So, like, when we saw the previews last week, you thought maybe it, they were all pawns that were up there. Well, I thought as soon as the opening happened, I thought, okay, if we're cutting seven hours earlier, maybe they put like in dummy people, maybe they put in dead people already. Like, right? It's sick and twisted. I I realized this, and I'm yeah. glad it went the way it did. But that dead was just my people. initial theory. That was my initial theory. So no, it's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. Except I feel like they they've gotten even more toward being pacifists recently. So I feel. That I'm glad they didn't do that because I think it would have been going against what they stand for, at least at this current juncture. Yes. Even despite Kangle being a pig, he did not deserve to be in mm. a firing squad. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't sad to see him go, but, but he went I would under have rather had, circumstances. have him have life in prison. Yeah. I don't think they would have killed him. They probably just would have made him a POW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so... We get the whole shootout, and this this is an intense scene because obviously things have been said. Weavers took other men aside already, and said, "Okay, here's the game plan." And it's it's a very tough decision. <laughs> All right, fire, and then you nothing. And the, the and part of it was, I think, you know, Colonel Weaver gave a lot to Anne, and she really took and ran with it. Mm-hmm. She she used her last words wisely. It's interesting that she was the only one that got last words. Well, what do you think I, anyone else would have said? I I think it was wise that she was the only one that spoke because I think she said it more eloquently than any of the other people could have. But I thought they'd all get a chance to say something. The other guys just got straight up bags over their heads. They didn't get to say anything. And then uh, Ben got to say, you don't have to do this, man. But he said it to the guy, not to yeah, everyone else. but not to everyone else. So I just I just thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting, too. You know, I, obviously, number one, I don't think we had time for everyone's no. <laughs> little pick-me-up speech. Soliloquy. <laughs> for the sake of the story, I think they did the right thing. Yes. Yeah. For the sake of actual what should have happened, no. Right. Everyone should have gotten a chance to speak. Yeah. So... But but the speech was powerful. Everyone kind of at that point, most people had been converted mm-hmm. and understood that this was indeed a witch hunt. And, and especially, you know, while sad that Shelton did die, I think that really resonated with most people. The fact that he, he did stand up in that moment, and it took a lot of courage for him to do so. Mm-hmm. They didn't want that to be in vain, right? And I think that they realized that the longer this goes on. He was a good man. Clearly, Shelton was a good man. He didn't do anything. What are the chances for them that they're not going to get killed too? Yeah. And that's what yeah, I think that's what was great about Anne's message was because she was really resonating with what happened with him. Mm-hmm. Like, if I have to be the one that makes you understand that, that you know, we need to go fight the enemy and not ourselves because they've already seen the graves. You know, six weeks of this, it hasn't been good. And so I... I, I I'm glad that 
they didn't have to kill one more to learn that lesson. You know, as unfortunate as it is, they were able to learn from Shelton and all the other people that have passed away. Right. I kept thinking about how lucky it was that Weaver was able to get all of the people who were shooting on his side. Mm-hmm. What if there had been one who wasn't on his side? That's the risk you take. It is the risk you take. But luckily, they were all of sound mind. You know, sometimes you gotta just gotta have faith in people. Just like, just like, uh, you know, Weaver had faith in little old Matt. Little old Matt. Driving On his down. motorcycle. Yeah, sometimes you gotta, you gotta just trust people to do the right thing. Yeah. Little old Matt was, uh, po- po- perched up on the, the ceiling there, ready to shoot. Little sniper him. Little sniper Matt. That's what they call him. That's his new AAM screen name. <laughs> and, uh, good old Hal, he's like, hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, bro! I love how he just totally snapped out of the moment. It was exciting to see his brother holding a gun on a roof. You know, it, it meant a lot. The little ha- things. You have the whole truck coming in there. I, this was that was powerful. This was a great ambush without any battle, which was a good thing, of course. Yep. So, and I thought that Tom did a very risky thing, but he handled it perfectly. Like, no one shoot, no one shoot. We are, we're all on the same side here. Uh, yeah, this, just in general, a fantastic scene. It was. And then, uh, okay, so in terms of the spikes, Ben's able to communicate and there's a chance. So, all in all, we learn that there's a, there's a lord more powerful than the overlord. Yes. He's the one we got. Alien god. Ah, man. And Cochise was like, oh, I never thought it was possible. Did you like that Cochise impression? I did. So what is the, what do you, you know, what do you think this is? I know this is like prediction territory and we're not quite fully there yet, but, but you know, I why think, are they chanting? Are they, are they I mean, is, this is their deity? Yes. I think it's the alien equivalent to God, but maybe it's more of a physical form than a God that a human would have. I mean, maybe you can see it and feel it, but it's on the level of God still. Okay. What do you think? I agree. I just, uh, I'm curious how this is going to play out. Yeah. And if it is, in fact, in any way tied to what Tom made, because we've kind of gotten away from the Tom Mason having dreams storyline, mm-hmm. which I think yeah, from the teaser, it sounds like they will come back to that. But I, I'm curious. I'm curious what this is. And if you guys are looking for a good alien story, read Childhood End. Okay. It's a novel. Interesting. By whom? I forget. Okay. Well, we'll all have to look that up. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. I, I'm obsessed with this kind of stuff. It's so interesting. You know, when they were chanting, it kind of, for some reason, made me think of the Egyptians, and then it made me think of yoga. Okay. Maybe Egyptian yoga? That's what aliens love. All right. All right. <laughs> Feels like I'm not going into that topic. Moving on. Let's talk about Trevor. This Benedict Arnold asshole Trevor. Yeah, what's his deal? Well, he was very clever. I mean, Anne. Trevor is clever. Anne should have known a little bit better. Like, you can't say that, you know, you had a daughter and the daughter was a year and a half. And a year and a half old won't be able to pilot a beamer to the moon. For some time, like, for someone who's so smart, sometimes Anne 
just has some loose lips, leaky lips, Anne. Well, she just trusted him too much as she said, I trusted him. I trusted him. And it's not a bad thing, but no, obviously in this time. But got... in this particular situation, it is. Mm-hmm. But she thought she could trust him because he seemed like he was on her side. And honestly, she I She should didn't have see withheld information for a little bit. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. She should have just said, you Take know what? Him. My daughter was 20 years old. So. Yeah, that should be the story from now on for sure. For the time being. And then once the war is won, you can tell people, yeah, I had an alien baby. So. It'll be a great story. It's, well, it's season four of Falling Skies. Yeah. Uh, but I'm so. saying for Anne to tell in the future, once the world's back to normal. Yeah. Great party story. Um. So, and then Trevor, I don't know how to feel about this guy because we, we barely know him from last episode and he was so weak and now he's finally, his life is good. And then he's just this asshole. I was just confused by him. At first I thought, oh my God, is he the alien god? Like, he's the alien god caught in Trevor's body. But then when he went to go see Pope, I was like, what's the association No, he's there? a human. Yeah, I'm getting that now. He's just straight up, oh, jackety human. Jackety human? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't. What do you like think Trump. his association to Pope is? Well, nothing. He just got caught by the, the you know, the lookout men. Okay. And that was it. And in order to save his life, I don't know, he was spewing everything, anything that he could. And obviously, Pope's men know about Tom Mason. So any mention of Tom Mason, boom, what you got? What you got? And uh, <laughs> this felt like Mad Max meets, I don't know, it meets like Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you watch Game of Thrones? No. Okay. It reminded me of the most recent season. Gladiator right. type situation. Well, let's not spoil it for the people. We won't. That won't spoil anything. So, what did you think of Pope? Because here, here's Pope as a king on his throne. But he can't even sit up because he's so drunk. But he has the wherewithal to throw the gun at the guy who's losing to see if he'll shoot the guy that's beaten him. I thought, first of all, it's hilarious that he's literally sitting on a throne. That was so silly. Um, again, like I said in the beginning, he's totally a hypocrite because he went against Tom because he says Tom has killed so many people. Now he's killing people for fun. And he's clearly gone off the deep end. So he's got nothing to lose. There's no stopping a madman and um, or no reasoning with a madman. And the only way to stop him, unfortunately, is probably going to be to kill him. Yeah. And... As much as, as much as he would have gotten saved by love, maybe, but you know, this was always within him. It was always there. That's it, an interesting thought, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And and so, he literally represents the opposite viewpoint, and obviously in many different ways. But he lives literally second by second, whereas Tom lived. You know, obviously he has to deal with things here and now. But he's living for the future. Mm-hmm. So He's much more well thought out. Indeed. All right. So I hear that you have some news and gossip. Oh, I do, you guys. This is pretty exciting stuff. After Buzz TV News. 
So obviously we're all huge fans of this show. If you're a huge fan and you want something to remember the show by once it's over, because like we said, only two more shows left, well, you're in luck because they're going to be auctioning off props and costumes from the show. That's going to be happening on August 29th and 30th at Premier Props in El Segundo. So it's going to feature items from every season. Some of the items are going to be Tom Mason's hero costume, and Ashveni Overlord glowing lava stone, Volm glowing binoculars, and more. And the auction begins at 9 a.m. So get down there. It's at Premier Props in El Segundo. And it sounds like fun. I might just have to check it out. There you go. We'll, we'll take a look. That'll be interesting. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly, from a bit, you know, you make some money back. Yeah, for them, that's going to be great. And you get to walk away with so much funny. <laughs> just a piece. Just a piece. Just a piece of the. Uh, you know, it's like a memory. It's a piece of the resistance. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into predictions for next episode or the next two episodes, whatever you want to talk about. And now. You're after Buzz TV. Okay, first and foremost, did you think that the preview that we saw was specifically for next episode, or do you think that it's for the next two episodes? I didn't think about it, but... Sometimes they do that, and I was unclear. Uh, maybe the ship levitating out of the water will be in the last episode. Mm-hmm. That looked like a pretty huge moment. But I can't say. I don't know. Probably both. Okay. What do you think? I think I think this is more specifically for next episode, even though they kept counting only two more episodes to go. So we'll see. And I, th- I think the ship coming out of the water is going to be the cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that Pope is now going to be on a on a hunt of his own to get to Mason. I w- I wonder if they're encountering any aliens along the way of when they're trying to find Tom or kill other people. We'll find out. I, I mean, at this point, we got to move. We got to move pretty fast. I know, because we spent so much time in human land. We got to get to some aliens. Yeah, we spent two episodes in the 14th Virginia, mm-hmm. which is great. It was awesome. But the we got to get to D.C. Killer, but yeah, got to kill some aliens, not just peeps. Yeah, we got to have the, it's the final countdown. Is that how it goes? I think so. It's pretty good. <laughs> And what are your what are your thoughts? What are your predictions? Hmm. And what is this alien? What is this ship? Is that the Overlord? Overlord? Is that is that the good people? It would be the good alien ship that because it, it was coming out of the water. And remember, Tom emerged from the water. Mm-hmm. So and we saw his um, we saw Rebecca there, right? That's yeah. her name, right? So yeah, we saw Rebecca there, who is the alien. So I'm thinking that those two things are connected. Um, so obviously, he's going to have some sort of dream or flash again that's going to give us some information about what's going on. I think the interaction with Pope is going to happen, whether it's in this coming episode or the week after, I don't know. I I think Pope is probably going to have to die, too, because I just don't see any other option, unfortunately. Yeah, Pope will have to be killed. Well, all right. That's what we have, but that doesn't mean the conversation has to stop. It doesn't have to end. You guys listening you watching you get to participate there's a comment section let us know your thoughts opinions theories write some fan fiction why not i would love to read that if you do write it please please post a link that'd be really cool 
In haiku only, though. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to post that restriction to y'all. If you want to do a haiku, totally. But if not, we'll still read it. Uh, and also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and comment. I understand we only have uh, two more episodes to go, and most of you are already subscribed. But if you would, just leave us a rating. Leave us a, leave us a comment on iTunes, especially uh, for future humans to find uh you know if they get into falling skies they'll know hey this is the thing that i have to listen to in tandem with me watching the show i think that'll be great it's a combination it's a great combination and also in the meantime where can the people follow you lauren lagrasso you guys thank you so much for watching we appreciate you you can find me at lolo logro on instagram and twitter and facebook.com slash lauren lagrasso and i have a show coming up tomorrow night at bar 20 on sunset boulevard at 8 p.m no cover charge i'd love to see you there so if you're in the L.A. area, make it out there. Yeah. Me. Give her your fan theories in person. Yeah, you could yell them at the stage. There you go. And follow <laughs> us here at AfterBuzz TV, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And a shout out to James in the booth. We love James. Thank you, James. And we'll see you here next time on another edition of Falling Skies, the AfterBuzz TV after show. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 